Welcome to another episode of Between Here and There. This is Sean. Hi, this is Charlotte. This is Summer. And today we're talking about cross-cultural identity. Now, this is something that's very close to all of us because one thing about us here in the room and most of the listeners of our show is that we have experiences in different cultures. Yes. Growing up in you know Western English-speaking culture, but mm-hmm. also now finding ourselves back here in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. And I've been back for close to 20 years now. Right. Uh, wow, you're Charlotte, local. Basically, am, you're local now. I'm pretty much local, but you know, there's always that time where I don't really feel local, mm-hmm. right? Talking about maybe an army experience, which I didn't do. Yeah, right? or Taida. Yeah, or or having that first Taida. Uh, uh, <laughs> the people talk about Taida all the time, right? Like that's like like. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. They talk about their schools. They talk about military. They talk about their school. Oh, they talk about their schools, right? Yeah. But if I were here, I'm not sure I would have gone to Taida. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who knows, right? But yeah. having that, you know, having your very first job, right? Like going around a little moped uh, and all those things. Your first girlfriend, like, yeah, yeah, sitting in the back of the moped with you. You know that all of that experience, right? Makes me feel like when I'm talking to guys like my age, there's a little bit that's missing right there that doesn't make me quite feel local. Or TV shows. Yes, growing up, the different cartoons that everyone watches yeah. and stuff, right? It's very different for me. But at the same time, when I go back to the states, uh, I don't feel quite American as well. Yes, and I totally this understand. is yeah, and this it's something that um, makes me feel like I'm stuck somewhere, maybe in the vicinity of Hawaii. You know, You're stuck between here and there. Bada <laughs> boom! Nice plug in there, Summer. <laughs> yeah, Summer comes in with that with that nice little layup, right? Yeah. Well, how you know how has the past year been for you, Summer? You're coming close to the end of your gap year in mm-hmm. Taiwan. Yeah, I've definitely experienced a culture shock coming back to Taiwan. Yeah. I I would say I'm pretty Americanized, even though I'm not fully like you know assimilated into that culture. But coming back was. A little bit of a struggle for me, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's better now. It's better now. Mm-hmm. Do you feel more Taiwanese now? <laughs> I wouldn't say so, but I'm more used to it. Uh huh. Yeah, got pulled a little bit more from mm-hmm. your hometown. What? Well, now you're in Florida, so, right? So now you're but, maybe but somewhere there's in one the thing Midwest. Of, <laughs> but there's something about summer that she's not very Taiwanese. She does not like boba. Yeah, and that is that is something I don't know. Do you eat stinky tofu? No, no, you she's not. Don't. No. She can't. I, I don't like the tapioca pearls and boba. I don't even like milk tea. I don't really like tea, actually. I know. We're like shocked. <laughs> you're not Taiwanese. <laughs> That's what you're having for lunch today. <laughs> you're going to force feed me stinky tofu. <laughs> One thing you got to hang with. All right. Before you leave, you got to have that experience. All right. I'm just kidding. But really, today our episode is really talking about what does it mean to be where we are? Right where we are right now, and not just physically where we are, but mentally where we are, and this whole thing of uh, cross-culturally, where do we stand? And we can't take away that part of us. So how do we make peace, or maybe not, with that? And well, firstly, a word from our sponsor, because this episode is sponsored by Boro Pharmaceuticals, and they yes. have this really cool product. It's called BB Chocolat. Chocolat BB. Chocolate BB. <laughs> Don't be misled by the name. It doesn't have chocolate in it, but it's actually BB. It's vitamin B and multivitamins. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. very, you know, you can take it every day. Yes. You can take it for your hangovers. Yes, you can. Or canker sores. 
It has, kind of it has collagen in it, right? It, yes, it has collagen in it. And you can get it at any Walmart or uh, Cosmet or any pharmaceutical uh, uh, drugstores. <laughs> uh, drugstores. Yeah, drugstores. Right. So let's introduce our guest who's been really being very polite. And, and patient. With- and, and very patient. <laughs> so our guest today is uh, Jane Wang. She is an intercultural coach, a community builder, and a social change maker. She's passionate about how people can connect across differences and become more fully human in times of transition. And this is from her website, which is janewwang.com. Let's welcome Jane. Hi, Hi Jane. Jane. Hi, Jane. Hi, everyone. I think I need to update my website. <laughs> so Jane's got this really interesting background. You've moved like 10 times, right, when you were a kid. Mm, yeah, and, I can't even remember how many times. Yeah. How come? <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, it was just um, my father had me first. My parents had me first before he went and got his PhD. Mm. Yeah. Back then they used to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had a bunch of elementary school friends mm-hmm. who were all like kids of my dad's classmates. Mm-hmm. So he went to um, first Oregon and then Illinois. Mm. Yeah. Northwestern. And then he uh, got a job at uh, IBM in New York, but two different parts. So, oh. so then I went to three elementary schools because of that. Mm. And then... At some point, he decided to move back to Taiwan, which was his original intent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, but by then, I was already in ninth grade. Mm. So we moved back to Taiwan. I went to the uh, bilingual school in Xinzhou. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's a really good one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was really early on. So, mm. yeah. So after... Taiwan? <clears throat> yeah, because it was so early on, mm-hmm. after a year, um, all the girls left to go to TAS or go back to the States because it was like... You know, it wasn't like a full school with all the, yeah. You know, so yeah. And then, so I decided to go to California. My mom and I, my mom took my brother and I there. Because mm. mm. I already was going to go to college there. So mm-hmm. I went to establish residency. Oh, uh, okay. So yeah. a lot of moving around and you uh, formally moved back to Taiwan when you were 29, right? For yes. work? Yes, yes, Same age as me when yeah. I moved back. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but you still continue to travel around. And you speak multiple languages. I see that you also speak Japanese fluently and yeah. you speak some French. So I actually did my traveling around um, after college until I, that 29 when I came back, around mm-hmm. 23. Yeah. So that's when I went to France and Japan. And, you know, I thought of it as working abroad. Um, but yeah, I kept thinking I would go back to the States. Um, and then I didn't move to Taiwan. I didn't actually. Settle. Intend on moving or settling to Taiwan because I, I was scared of being in one place mm. because I moved around. That was what I knew. Mm-hmm. So it was more of a, oh, every two years I'd think about moving or going back. And for some reason I stayed. Mm-hmm. It's something that I think uh, um, bicultural or multicultural people would constantly talk about. Like I also have, you know, my parents live in New York, right? So I would talk about going back to New York. But then when I'm in New York for a while, then I'm talking about going back to Taiwan. So mm-hmm. it's like back, right? You have multiple right. homes. Mm-hmm. Where is home for you now, Jane? Oh. <laughs> well, if you say geographically, I'll say I'm from both Taiwan and the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, but home is within. <laughs> ah. Home is where the heart is. Wherever I am. <laughs> and that is your work right now. Yes. That's what you're helping people to navigate that, that transition from between here and there to somewhere inside your own heart. Yes. And tell us about that. How did you get into this work? Like, where, yeah. What did you find, um, you know, where did you find that passion for it? Yeah. So it actually started um, when, so w- the reason I came back was because of the financial crisis. 
Mm. You know, I was in New York City. I arrived a month before Lehman collapsed, and mm. then I uh, lost my job. Da, 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 da. So and you were in so, the finance business, or no, no? Oh. I just really wanted to be. I, it just was the software industry, but yeah. Okay. <clears throat> but then um, I, that's when I started thinking about what do I really want to do? Like, what can I do to advance? You know, in my career, because I was doing marketing mm. for tech companies, mm. but I really don't understand tech. Mm-hmm. You know, so I had to rethink like what I wanted to do, and I think. That's when I started on the path because um, my roots are in sociology and um, international affairs. Mm-hmm. It was always about people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I struggled so much growing up with identity and belonging. Mm-hmm. I just like feeling like an outcast and all that. So I think for me, I started with like counseling, like at um, Zhang Laoshi. Mm-hmm. Oh, so volunteer counseling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In English or in Chinese? In Chinese, actually. <laughs> Wow, so you're chi- you kept up your Chinese all this time. Yeah, that's the other thing. My I went to say Swan when was when I was one and a half. Mm. But my parents intended on repatriating, so they actually cared more about my Chinese than my English. That's the oh, difference between yeah. me and like say other Taiwanese Americans or Asian mm. Americans. Did she yeah. go to the weekend like Chinese schools and stuff no, like that? No, because she taught me every day. Like we oh, we like wow. shipped over the Xingxueyou and the Keben and like, wow. all of it. Wow. And like, I, I, totally, I totally identify with that. And Xiao Baike. I didn't have those, but I did have like, yeah, I, I had many Chinese books and I had to write essays. Yes, I had to write essays. My mom had to correct my essays. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and so you started, you started with Zhang Laoshi. Yeah. And so you got your uh, counseling training yeah. there. Yeah, I did. Okay. And then <clears throat> I actually almost went for a master's degree in counseling psychology, wow, and then decided like it was like yeah I was gonna go back to Columbia, go back to the states and go to Columbia, and then three weeks before my flight, I decided not to go. Um, instead, I ended up studying coaching because then I can do it from anywhere. I don't have to have a license, and it was part of my identity crisis because I couldn't commit to one place to get a counseling license. Um, but even then, I just knew I I wanted to help with like the inner suffering that I, some part of me knew wasn't mm-hmm. necessary. Mm-hmm. Mm. But I knew I needed to heal myself first mm-hmm. uh, before I could do that. So a lot of it in the beginning was just trying to understand more about myself. Mm. Um, and then I got into intercultural training, which really also helped me, even though I was helping managers and their families you know, understand Taiwan culture or vice versa, I realize a lot of the things in intercultural communication apply to my own identity. So there are there schools just dedicated to uh, cross culture kind yeah. of uh, what, what like what kind of is it's it like a major a, or yeah, it's actually a whole field. Wow. field. My friend is getting a PhD in intercultural communication right now. Uh, is it like specific schools that would have this kind of yeah yeah like for instance she's in uh, I think Arizona State I think mm-hmm. but yeah there's mm-hmm. definitely um, a whole field because um, people do we you know we as intercultural people we feel it right mm-hmm. just like the entire differences in, in values and like how we th- communicate right why we why we even like you know how we approach like let's say a social setting yeah and how, just how so do we things. approach it? i mean can you tell us a couple of the uh, the main frameworks yeah. that's in this field okay so one one key example um is low versus high context mm-hmm. communication so which is basically in layman terms like direct and indirect um but i like the way they use context because it's neutral it's saying that you know sometimes in english when we say indirect it can be kind of um, negative, you mm-hmm. see, because in English and American culture, we prize direct communication. Yes. And we're taught that from mm-hmm. childhood, like, speak up, 
you know. Right. Speak your mind. In. Yeah. Right. Uh, say what you mean. Mean what you say. Mm-hmm. Um, we're taught to have a thesis sentence. Say it up front. You mm-hmm. know? Um, we're, we're, we're just taught in so many ways, like, we're constantly asked our opinion about things. And we need to know what they are. And this is uh, low context or yes, high context? This is low context. Low meaning, context. what that means is that um, the speaker mm-hmm. bears the responsibility for the communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The speaker bears the responsibility yeah. for the communication. Like, don't whereas, ask me to read your mind, right? Right. So whereas in, in the other culture... Yes. In high context, which Japan is most extreme on. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. Um, Japan has a term called kukyo yomenai, mm. which is K-Y, means like they, they, people who can't read the air. So literally, they are saying, you do need to read people's minds. You need to read the air. You need to read like what the sense of, mm. you know, what people are saying through their uh, body language, uh. through their silence. You know, the, you know, the sense, right? right? So the listener needs to also bear responsibility for communication. Mm. That's, that's very a, interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting. Whose theory is that? Oh, um... I have to look that part up. Uh huh. Yeah. So there's um. Uh, so there are different ways of uh, of labeling cultures, right? Yeah. For example, high context versus low context. Yes. Uh, are there others such as individualistic versus collective? Yes. I think that's the most yes. uh, uh, obvious binary that we've yes. heard, right? Yes, mm-hmm. that is also, and they're all interrelated, right? And another one is um, task versus relationship based, in terms of like how you build trust. Oh. Yeah. Like. In oh, the so culturally, setting. okay. So which yeah. is which yeah. is which? Yeah. Oh, so, um, you know, for example, in the American culture, task-based cultures, right? Like mm-hmm. you um, you just say, okay, who's the lowest price, highest quality? You know, like we, we work together for a while, right? We get to the point of the task itself, right? And then we build trust that way. Mm-hmm. If you deliver, as you say, you deliver, da-da-da-da, mm-hmm. like we build yeah. trust, right? right? We don't need to have, uh, you know, prior personal relationship, right? Right. Mm-hmm. right. We, we might not even want that. Right. Right. And this is actually why, you know, in in, in drinking, mm-hmm. you know, cultures like 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 in Korean or Russian yeah. cultures, like they actually want to see you drunk. They want they want to because they're relationship based cultures in, the, in terms of work. So they want to see the whole person. This mm-hmm. is in my in my opinion why um, Taiwan people also like to add on Facebook and like post their family pictures and and the Americans are like no LinkedIn, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> because uh. because they want to separate. Yeah. You know, their professional identity and the task and the, and the work stuff, right? And whereas, like, relationship-based cultures, it's actually all about, you know, I actually trust you more if we already have some sort of prior relationship. Right. That's why, you know, in China, right, like they say, like, there's that book, long-time classic, Never Eat Alone, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you got to build these relationships personally first. Like, let's not talk about work. Like, mm-hmm. let me get to know you as a whole person. Let me understand you first. Or even like what we might call nepotism, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, mm. You know, it's, it's the people because, you trust yeah. because you is you spend the most time with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. or so, you're helping them out. You know, each other, things like that. Yeah. So the question is, you know, what if you grow up in one and you identify more with one particular style, but then you find yourself in the cultural context of another? Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. How do you how do you bridge that? I mean, yes. summer uh, I, that resonates with a, me a, so much. Yeah. I know. Wink, wink. Yeah, so I resonate with that a lot because, I mean, to be honest, I grew up and 
I didn't really have a positive view of the communication style in Asia, for example. Mm -hmm. My dad always taught me in a business meeting, for example, if your bosses don't understand what you're saying in your presentation, it's your fault for not communicating correctly and it's not their fault for not understanding you. Um, I always thought being blunt and straightforward was the right way to go. And coming back here, it's been kind of a struggle, more like reading the air, so to say. Um, and yeah, it. I, I don't want to like crap on, you know, the, the culture here because <laughs> I can sense that you still have reservations about it, though. Yeah, you know, I, I absolutely do. Yeah. And I, what, I, I mean, OK, so let's hear you out first. Right. Mm -hmm. So so Jane is here so she can probably give you some perspective on this. Mm -hmm. Right. Because obviously you're like, you know, why can't we just talk straight? Mm -hmm. Right. It's well, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I I'm I'm realizing more like obviously different cultures are are different. But mm -hmm. in my head, I, I have to admit, I did think that the Western way was better. And I kind of still do. Yeah. So the Western way, is the, it, the West, is it yeah. better? Is, yeah, is it better? <laughs> you know, I actually feel you, Summer, because it, was, it still has been or was a huge struggle for me, too, because I also grew up in the States, right? Mm -hmm. And I am actually, my, my mom is very direct. Um, so it's also personality. You know, it, it's just like, um, you know, I think it's what it is I realized is that it's like different people have anxiety about different things. That's what I realized. So for example, for me, it's like being direct, you know, let's say we're resolving conflict or, you know, we're speaking like I feel like I can immediately understand. It, it's easier for me that way. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Because we were culturated that way. But for I think as I started to realize, like for um, people who grew up in Taiwan, first of all, we're taught in, ta or in Taiwan. I guess I was also taught that by my parents. But in Taiwan, people are taught, you know, mm -hmm. right. Um, you know, you have two years for a reason, you know, type of thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, you know, right. so we're taught different things. And I think they're actually not taught to introduce themselves all the time. I had a friend when I first came back, a still really good friend of mine, who was like, um, I don't know how to introduce myself or like say, how are you? Like, you know, like all these things that we're taught as a kid mm -hmm. in the States to do. So meaning, I think there's um, less practice with the articulating and the being direct and so there's an anxiety when you feel like you have to do it or you have to like you know maybe you'll hurt someone's feelings if you directly say no and if then you'll be hurting the harmony so that the entire you know we were talking about individualist and collectivist right so it's all related like it, it's like you can see them as separate you know like theories mm -hmm. frameworks but actually it's because it's a collectivist society right mm -hmm. so the harmony of the group matters a lot Right. And mm -hmm. so it, it, it can be very damaging if you say something that, autumn, that that accidentally hurts people. So it's actually safer not to say anything. Mm. And that can be frustrating for Americans com coming in. And yeah. Like, you know, I've run into some communication issues here where I feel like people should be more direct with me with, with if they're, you know, not as happy with what I'm doing or um and I feel like they should be direct and blunt be so I can fix it, you know, and so I can, you know, cater to their needs. But instead, I feel like there's like this underlying tension where I'm supposed to just kind of figure it out on my own and I'm just not used to it. Absolutely. I, <clears throat> so the way I look at it now is that I think cultures um, represent like a certain 
part dimension of like humanity, humanity, like mm-hmm. communication, right? So it's not like one culture is better than the other, but we can actually learn from each other. We can try to, you know, come into the middle if we are doing cross-cultural interactions, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I'm not saying one is right or the other, right? Like I think we learn, so in intercultural training, we actually help people to flex, right? It's kind of like speaking somebody else's love language, you know, mm-hmm. that like speaking else. And it's actually kind of like, you know, you think about it as like, if you speak English, right? I keep trying to speak, let's say you speak in an American culture, let's say, and I keep trying to like speak Taiwanese culture to you, right? Right. Like yeah, you, yeah, it'll get you're into a little bit it. of a tug of war. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but a lot of times it's, it's more, culture is more invisible. So unless you get this training, you're, you don't even realize that's what yeah. you're doing. You're just talking at, you're using somebody, your own cultural language at someone who doesn't understand that language. Yeah. So how can someone who grew up and very much identifies with one particular style mm-hmm. or one particular mm-hmm. culture learn to appreciate mm-hmm. the other one or mm-hmm. even be able to say, make use of it? Right, mm-hmm. because obviously, one what, what we're having with Summer here is she says, "Why can't you just be direct with me?" And there's, I mean, is that wrong? Yeah. It's not wrong, yeah. right? But the, so, they don't. But the, what if the recipient doesn't really understand what direct means? Because right. they've been they've been dancing a different dance. They're doing tango, right. and you're doing cha cha. Right. So you know. So for someone who is who is used to that kind of high context style, mm-hmm. then they would think, "Well, why can't you understand what I mean? I've been already so yeah, trying to be direct with to you. you because somehow in their mind, if they are actually direct and they actually say those words, what does that mean? It's, yeah, it's like it's like their frustration is like. Why are you making me say something yeah. hurtful? Yes. Right? Like, can't you tell from everything else I'm not But the saying, passive aggressiveness you know? yeah, is, more exactly. per- is more hurtful than... Right, and they yeah. don't realize it necessarily. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. that's a great question. I would, I would say that's why, for me, it was so valuable the past, the 10 years I spent in Taiwan, right? Okay, I know you just started, it's like one year. <laughs> you're going, you're going <laughs> less you're, than a year, yeah. Yeah, less than a year. But I, I think, um, you know, just how can you understand? I think you just have to make that intention and you start to... Is that what's called cultural intelligence? Yes. Cultural intelligence covers what? It helps you do a general understanding of the different frameworks mm-hmm. and, you know, apply like have a lot of examples that you know you you start to notice how they come up you know how they have come up in your life right Mm -hmm. these little things we've been talking about right these little kind of like examples of like i even have examples of like you know going into a party setting like how do you introduce yourself like when i you know just all these different things that's what cultural intelligence helps you kind of realize oh in these little moments or you know when i'm talking to this person or like my family member or da 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 like this is why it's different Mm-hmm. Right, and you can start to see it as, oh, it's because of the lens that I've had on culturally that I am now judging these other people. Yes, rather than so, what a lot of people they can take things less personally, mm-hmm. and they can judge mm-hmm. other people less because they are clear about the lens <laughs> that they've had on. It's almost like a a little bit of like a oh, like you know, you step back and you have this clarity. Mm. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You want to give more specific examples because you said you lived in Japan for a few years. I think Japan. Well, I lived in Japan for a few years and I worked in the bank. Yeah. So that was a very, very interesting experience. Like how people, there's different hierarchies and you really, actually you have to kind of figure out how people communicate with each other when they say one thing. Actually, they mean the other, mm-hmm. and um, but they didn't want to hurt your feelings, so they tried to be as upfront as possible. But they still right. want to. They give that 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 few extra few milliliters, uh, millimeter, milliseconds of pause. Yeah. Right before they say something. Just, yeah. They yeah. they think about things more thoroughly. They don't just bam, just mm. just. That's what I heard about Japanese. Like if you say something, like and they say they say hi, you know, like yeah. like yes. Right versus like they pause for just like a second and they're like hi. They go ano ano right and you're supposed <laughs> to get it yeah, yeah yeah or sa they don't say no or they they hardly say no they because no is a rejection mm. so they go um it's a little bit inconvenient and the rejection in uh, that culture is just uh it's it's like being very rude yeah and also uh, personal space is also a very important thing in Japan. You don't ask very like direct questions. You know, like like Taiwanese consider in the Asian culture is considered very direct. They always go, "Hey, you know, hi, how are you? Oh, did you gain weight? You know." (laughs) (laughs) But in Japan, they would like go, "Oh, look at the weather. It it feels very cold this day." We'll talk about like for like ten minutes, just talk about like nothing. Oh, how did you get here? Which um, which train did you get here? How many stops do you have to transfer to come to this spot? It's like who cares? You know, but they they because they don't know what else to do. They feel the air with these like filibusters right they just like <laughs> try to try to go hey let's ch- just talk about nothing mm-hmm. you know and and so but some other cultures they'd be very very direct hey how old are you or like what's right. your horoscope or what's right. your blood type you right. know and that's kind of like very personal sort for some people too uh, right? right right like what's considered personal is is very yeah. different right? yeah like you could say yeah like taiwan is very direct in that way yeah or, or some culture like before they actually talk business you got to drink with them mm-hmm. that's just part of the culture or they talk about like everything but the business. So if you're American, you're there ready with your PowerPoint and everything. You, you want to talk business. It's like, why is this person like talking about his like dog for like for like half an hour already? Because they want to like make it comfortable for everybody before we talk business. So there's always like a different pace, you know. Mm. So every every culture is different. Mm. Mm-hmm. So for someone who has been, you know, who's been raised with the gift of having a different lens, right? And, um, but now you find yourself kind of like a fish out of water. Where you're like, you're yeah. used to swimming in water, but now you're swimming in a different kind of water. Yes, yes. And how do you make peace with yourself? How do you get to like yourself? And I'm sure that there's a lot of people here and I'm not just speaking for myself here. A lot of my friends around, sometimes they, you know, they, they go through several phases. They come back to Taiwan. First, they go through a honeymoon phase. Everything's all mm-hmm. great. It's so convenient, mm-hmm. right? I just mm-hmm. love, love it. You know, you raise your hand, there's a taxi. And, and, then, and then they inevitably get into a frustration phase. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. where they just feel like gosh i just cannot fit in here and there's so many things with work and with you know maybe even communication with family members and and many people leave at mm-hmm. that point yeah. right and then they leave with a little scar mm-hmm. inside them just thinking like wow you know this place that i consider kind of home on paper mm-hmm. is not really a home in my heart mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. What do you say to somebody like that? We'll we'll let you have yeah. a go as summer here okay. because well, summer. Yeah. You know, I think you're the you're the perfect specimen. Mm-hmm. Sorry to call you. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. <laughs> <laughs> because hey, you're. I mean, what phase would you say that you're in right now with Taiwan? <laughs> I'm. I think I'm ready to go home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And yeah, I mean, Why is that? What, yeah. I think for me, like. I keep wondering, am I supposed if I value certain values that are, are you know in Western culture, am I supposed to kind of change my values while I'm here to like fit these other people and to kind of assimilate better, um, to cater myself towards other people, etc.? Or if I really do value some of these these other like, let's just say for example, like straightforward communication. Do I continue to, you know, communicate in that way, or while I'm here, do I change the way I communicate? Yeah. So I have given up on being able to, how do I say,、uh, become a leader in a monocultural setting. I don't actually think that you will, you know, become better at being Taiwanese than Taiwanese people. Is what、mm-hmm. I'm saying.、Uh, okay. Like that's not, that's not the right aim. I'm gonna. Okay, out- that's not the that's not the angle I should take. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, right. Dude, you're not. You know, I'm gonna no. I'm gonna outslurp those boba. <laughs> hey, give me a dozen of those stinky tofu's. <laughs> yeah, with the thousand year old eggs. <laughs> yeah, bring it on. Yeah. Like we're not gonna be, we're not gonna outread the air, I guess you know,、mm-hmm. or become so much better at that, right? Yeah.、Um, but what we can do. Is find our own gifts and our own why, like our purpose and what it is that we're meant to bring to the world uniquely. And as multicultural people who understand these different lenses, like if you're willing to do the work to unpack all that, so that you're not constantly sort of in judgment on yourself and on, on others, right? Like in shame or in fear, you know what I mean? And you're doing the work to overcome those things and see yourself become more fully human, right? Like more fully <laughs> who you are, like more whole, right?、Um, that's where you will be able to contribute, and it won't be based on, oh, am I fitting into American culture fully or Taiwanese culture fully? Because you probably won't. Mm-hmm. You're、Just、not、like、gonna, carving out your、yeah. own space. Yeah, you're not probably. I'm not going to also be more American than somebody who is classically, I guess, whatever that even means.、Mm-hmm. But、right. but I think it's more than cultural. Even like within the United States, going from West Coast to East Coast,、mm. I think it's just. I think the weather or something. The people are just different. If you go、yes. to Michigan, if you go down to Texas, people are just different, and it's just learning how to.、Um, Accept who they are and accept who we are, and actually learn how to work together. I think that is、mm-hmm. um, what because、um, I have lived in the West Coast and the East Coast. I lived in Japan, which is like really an eye-opening experience for me, you know. And、um, just living in all these different places, I realized that we are just all people, but we're just different、mm-hmm. from different backgrounds. And then.、Um, I mean, sometimes we don't get along. Sometimes we do get along, and we just figure it out. I don't know. That's how I take it.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think one key part of it is what we're saying is, is to understand the differences, right? To understand why somebody doesn't understand you, right? And then also why we seek this belonging from this other group of people, right? It usually has more to do with like our own upbringing,、mm-hmm. right? And、um, yeah, so. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. With um, what you were talking about, extroversion versus introversion before, and I know America is a very extroverted, you know, culture and society. And what my my parents have told me growing up is in order to thrive in my career, I need to act more extroverted. I need to really be take my own initiative, um, you know, stand up for myself, get out there. Um, and so that that's their advice for me. Even if you're not the most extroverted person, you have to kind of force yourself to be to like thrive in that society. But I hear from what you're saying, like, I guess if you're not a true extrovert, don't force yourself to be. But then how would you... How would you, I guess, for example, thrive in that sort of society mm. where it is more extroverted? Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to step back and just one second say the reason it's all connected is because it's a more individualistic culture. Mm-hmm. And so you, it's like little cars that have to fill their tanks. And so therefore they have to kind of, you know, go and network with other individuals, right? And yeah. that's kind of why it's more extroverted in a way. That's okay. how you connect. You know what I'm saying? So it's sort of some combination of like creating the spaces around you um, that are comfortable for you, but also being able to flex in certain situations Okay. when that is the only language that is understood. Got it. It's kind of like learning to speak that language, like, you know, mm-hmm. when, mm-hmm. when, you know, let's say Mandarin is the only one that's understood. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people get caught up in this, oh, I have to only be this or only be this, this like black and white thinking. But really, it's like coming together in the middle uh, and having a balance of, of the two. Right, right. It's it's the holistic aspect. Like, you know, a lot of times it's like it's not either or. Right. Mm-hmm. It's definitely both. And right. In so many ways, it's it's all kind of these different parts of us. And sometimes when we're going through transition you know, like you are like going, you know, into a different culture or sometimes like phases, right? It can, That's the part where it can feel kind of like in conflict, right? These different parts of us and like, oh, do I have to choose? Like, I remember I went through a major identity crisis, right? Just like, am I Taiwanese or American? Like right around <laughs> when I was 30 and trying to decide whether to go to grad school in the States, right? And my dad's like, you're Taiwanese, you're Taiwanese, you know? And he wanted me, to, he thought of me, he wanted me to be Taiwanese actually, right? But I was just... Yeah, so I understand that, you know, like wanting to be one or the other or, or thinking when we have to be. Mm-hmm. But what if we don't? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, what if you don't? Yeah, what if we don't? What if you're just cool with uh, just being... Between here and there. Between, <laughs> yeah, because... Both, right? Yeah. 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 Be- because we're talking about like how we always feel like we need to have an identity. Yeah. And as, as we grow older, we also want to belong into a group. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. But then what if like you just don't belong in any groups? Is that okay? And can you live with that? Yes. Mm. yes. And I actually think so. There's a term actually, I'm surprised it hasn't come up yet, but it's called third culture, right? Because I identify as a third culture kid. Um, and it's that in-between space, right? The overlap of the, the two circles of the first culture and the second culture. Right? That's the third culture. Yeah. So the first culture is sort of like your parents or your ancestral cultures, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's symbolic. There could be more than one. Right, and then the second cultures is all the places that you uh, have grown up in, right? Mm -hmm. And so the overlap between the two circles Mm -hmm. is the third culture. Mm. And I think third culture people or multicultural people, right, um, have this unique opportunity. It's 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 a struggle sometimes going getting a sense of sorting all this out. But once you do, I think how do I say one way you do that is to create your own space, right? your own, 
you know, gifts, like what is your own unique contributions, right? Mm-hmm. And it kind of forces you to be precisely because you can't belong and fit in. Mm-hmm. And so because you are so different, mm-hmm. right, you actually kind of have to. And that's why a lot, there's actually a lot of research that their culture people can be more creative because we're kind of forced to be. Mm. There's a lot of fluidity in this and uh, and it can be very, uh, you can use it in a certain way. Um, but there are differences between when I go, when I go back to the States, I hardly ever hear people in the States talking about, oh, you know, I wish we can be a little bit more, <laughs> you know, just polite and reserved. You know, I feel like we're just too direct, yeah. right? Whereas here in Taiwan, you often hear people, local Taiwanese would say, oh, right? Like you're, you're so, you, you can be so generous. Just, yeah, generous with your, with your opinions and you can be so direct. Like, I wish I could be like this. So it's actually, I see it as slightly imbalanced. Oh, for sure. I mean, this is this actually brings me to something that I think is also a layer, especially in this moment, um, which is this kind of American cultural superiority, mm. especially that Taiwanese and Taiwan hold, right? So meaning the reason why Americans don't reflect on their own culture and go, hmm, do I, do we, can we like, you know, balance it out? Because like, yeah, it has been the superpower and everywhere else they go, like if Americans go to Japan, everyone's always, everywhere they go, everyone's watching Hollywood movies and friends or whatever, right? So everyone has been acculturated by American culture, even if you yeah. never went right. to America. I 100% fall victim to that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you're not forced to reflect. And then it influences so many things like, you know, recently with the Asian hate crimes, right? Like I was having a dialogue on my Facebook with people, right? About just why they might not want to even then consider Asia as a potential better place to live like their parents and grandparents kind of originally went to the States for. But, you know, why they will still think the U.S. is the place, the better place to live no matter what happens, right? And I think that American cultural superiority is actually part of it because we're so, you could say brainwashed, I don't want to say brainwashed, but we're so like <laughs> culturated, right? No, it's a land of opportunity, mm-hmm. the U.S. Yeah. Yeah, like we always think that we go there, it's a cultural melting pot, which is not mm. anymore. <laughs> but um, yeah, we have so many dreams and aspiration of the United States and the United States way of living. You know, I mean, we all, we were all educated there. You know, our parents sent us there to have a, better life, right? right. Mm-hmm. So. And I think it's the success of the American marketing machine, to be honest, <laughs> <laughs> to some extent, like the democracy thing, the the sort of like American exceptionalism aspect. But it's related here because when you are so ingrained in that cultural superiority of America, which frankly took me forever to unpack, really it took me, made me most of the 10 years and I, I still see aspects of it sometimes, right? It's when you're in that, then it's hard for you to appreciate other places that even your ancestral cultures become somehow less than. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? and then you it, it 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 how do I say it plays a role in your own thinking about your future and where you should be. You know, quote unquote. Yeah, absolutely. People <laughs> keep asking me, Summer, do you think you'll ever live in Taiwan when you're when you're older? And I always say no. no. <laughs> I'm like, it's too small here. I'm so used to being in America. I I love it there. Um, but yeah, now thinking about American superiority, I mean, I guess 
I'm realizing I, I do fall into that, which is why I, earlier I kept saying, oh, I do think some American values are better than than Eastern values. And it's because I, I probably am caught up in that in that culture of thinking, you know, our values are better than other countries. Um, it's definitely something I should probably unpack and think about. Um, but yeah, that, that's a very interesting concept. Mm. Yeah, and I, I actually think it takes time. You know, so there's a there's a um, proverb I, my dad taught me that I, I love called Jian San Shi San, Jian Shui Shi Shui. Jian San. So there's a three stage yeah. proverb. You wanna you wanna. Ah, Jian San Shi Shan, ma. Then Jian San Bu Shi Shan, then Bu Shi Shan is Shi Shan. Okay. Well, yeah, it's it's basically the first phase, the honeymoon phase that Liu Shen was saying, right? Is Jian San Shi San, Jian Shui Shi Shui. Whatever you see, it what it is. Yeah, it's like on like, a very right, right. surface level. See a mountain level. as yeah. a mountain. You're like, oh, Taiwan, bubble tea, great. You know, is everyone mm-hmm. so nice, right? The second phase is what you're experiencing, like Jian San Bu Shi San, Jian Shui Bu Shi Shui. So it's like, no, it's not that nice. I, you know, they're not direct, and like, mm-hmm. I, you know, they talk behind my back because you know, whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. They don't tell me. You know, that's the second kind of like culture shock phase, right? Mm-hmm. You can say. And then, but the third phase is Jian San Ren Shi San, Jian Shui Ren Shi Shui. That's the phase that one day, hopefully, you can get to, where it's like you can see both holistically, mm. both American culture and Taiwan culture, and wherever you are, you know, and yourself, right? And and um, be able to see both of those aspects. And um, and I think it takes time because you're, my first year, you know, like you're still making friends, you're still understanding the landscape and you will find that belonging wherever you are, probably with slightly, you know, more international people, like in Taiwan, let's say, you will find that group, right? You're probably, and, and you'll find some, you know, local friends as well. And it'll be like a mix, right? And that, it, but th- that kind of, you know, sense of belonging does take time. And that's the sort of, the third stage does take time. Mm. So along that stage, is there is there something that can help to ease the pain, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, when you're going through this. How to move from the second phase to the third phase. Mm. I think it takes time. <laughs> I just really... <laughs> it, time, just, it just takes time. time. Think, yeah, time yeah. Is, It takes time and going out and getting and, drunk with these and, people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and on, like, you know, that's why I do coaching if you want an accelerated way, right? <laughs> Oh, you tell them to go drink or <laughs> accelerated. What I mean is like um, the accelerated way. The, so coaching for me or any kind of reflection, right? Or it's like mm-hmm. learning and reflection, right? It's sort of like you're going out there. The reason it takes time is because you're getting to know people. That takes time, right? Like you get to know the differences. That takes time. And so like just, yeah, it, it, you know, you maybe you're, you're – it basically, it's a process, an iterative process of learning the differences and then reflecting on your own, right? And then understanding, like, where are the trigger points for you and why? And, you know, all those things that you mentioned, um, you know, in a previous imposter syndrome podcast, right, that I mm-hmm. to, like, that you, you spend time, you know, kind of reflecting on yourself. And that is the process, both, you know, whether or not you choose coaching as the container for it, right, or you use some other way right? It is this process of introspection and, and going out there and learning the differences. Yeah. Similarly to the imposter syndrome episode, I talked about how I've been learning to recognize my own thought patterns. Um, and I think I can kind of carry that over to cross-cultural, you know, this, this space. And, you know, when I'm maybe being a little bit more negative about 
Taiwan culture, I can just recognize that I'm even thinking that way, you know? Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Mm, and then yeah. take a step back, right? And be like, oh, yeah, why am if, I thinking that way? Exactly. Right. And like be curious about it, right? And mm. then maybe go ask a Taiwanese friend or ask somebody, ask Yoshi, ask, you know, uh, Charlotte. Charlotte, right? And just be like, hmm, let mm -hmm. me be curious about this. Right. Yes, bring that's curiosity around it. That's why we're talking about this on the show right here, because I'm sure there's a lot of people that go through this. It's an it's inevitable part of the so-called acculturation process, right? And it, hopefully at the end of this, you come out with a more fluid identity mm -hmm. where you can, as Jane says, you can be flexible, right? Yeah. right? And you can choose to flex however you want. And mm -hmm. And maybe that, that will actually make you uh, even more resilient as a person mm -hmm. yeah. instead of uh, being the American so-called, you know, very just staunchly American. Cowboys? <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, I keep they thinking. Take off like, my cowboy okay, boots. <laughs> you know, the extreme American is, would almost be seen as like a bow in the china shop, right? Uh, okay. Coming into like a high context kind of culture, right? But then people are like, oh, they just don't understand. It's just American. But I remember myself coming back here and the first thing that I found very hard to accept is, you know, Americans would always say, oh, you look great and, and stuff. But then, you know, Taiwanese, especially the aunties, and, yeah. you know, they would say like, oh, you know, what's the matter with you? You look so tired. Yeah, you know, yeah. you didn't get enough sleep. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know. But you know, that's like, not oh. a Chinese thing. If you go to like a Greek culture mm -hmm. or like Jewish culture, they do the same thing they too. They do the same thing. Yeah, because right. they, 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 they're, they try to care for you. They, they want to show that they really, they're really close with you. Mm -hmm. But then they really go like directly. Like, yeah. oh, right. did you just break up with your boyfriend? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Right. right. And and this whole thing used to really sting at me. So I, when I was going through that Jensen at you know that phase, I was just taking it very personally. Like, how can you be so brute, you know, like like you know, just a Mao and, and all that, right? But uh eventually realizing that I'm actually seeing this from a from my very subjective cultural yeah, position. Yeah. Um but really seeing their the 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 heart. When they were asking about this, they're, it's, it's actually out of concern. It's mm -hmm. not out of they actually want to make you look bad in a social setting. So once that has a you know has recognized by me, the then intention. now I could yeah the intention I recognize the intention. So now when people say like oh you know oh you look terrible, I'm like yeah. <laughs> no, Shen, embrace it. Embrace it. Shen, you're a good person. I still don't see it that way. <laughs> <laughs> you still don't know. I don't. There's still like... a part of you you'd be like, what the heck? <laughs> Can you just like, you know, just just choose your words more carefully. I know. Right? Come on. You know, I, we're, at, we're still at hello, okay? <laughs> right. Hello. Why do you look so terrible? <laughs> no, it's, it's like the how are you almost. Yeah. It's like the Taiwanese Did you gain weight? You? Hello. Did you just gain weight? Literally, the did you gain weight is the how are you in Taiwan. Right. Oh, your right. hair looks terrible today. Hello. <laughs> and, and basically, Taiwanese very rarely ask, how are you? Right. Yeah. Right? Or did they you, did you eat? They will not. Question. They will not ask. Hey, hey, what are you Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> and the funny thing is they ask you like, oh, you look so tiresome. They actually don't want an answer. They're just saying it. She's like, mm. oh, you you look so tired today. They they don't want to ask you why. They don't care. They just asking. Sometimes you, you know there was a period of time where I wanted to throw it back at them. Just like, <laughs> auntie, did you get a few more wrinkles? <laughs> <laughs> wow, you've been skipping those Botox treatments, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> really starting to show here. But you know, I think it's because 
in American culture, we're actually like we we are like not supposed to do that, you mm-hmm. know. And it's like we're supposed to be like, oh, you look great today. Oh, yeah, but that's really fake too. You're right. That's <laughs> right. Fake. Oh, there's a so little bit more fake. Real. They're being yeah. real with you. <laughs> that's, a, that's a that's a very California thing. Like, oh hi, you look great today. I really like your top. Or oh, yeah. totally. <laughs> it's like, do you know my name? No. <laughs> Yeah. Oh crap! I definitely do that. <laughs> California, how are you? Yeah, yeah. Like, I love your outfit. Yeah, but there's an East Coast hello too, right? Yeah, I don't. What is the East Coast hello? Sup. <laughs> <laughs> well, so one takeaway from this is just that you know, even within one country, we still have many, many different kind of cultures. And the point is really to be comfortable, firstly, with who you are, and then to be able to flex. Yes. Right? Yes, and precisely. being able to flex means that you are able to appreciate yeah. the different ways and different styles and not stand as one thing like, this is superior. Right. Yeah. I'm going to try to change everyone else around me to right. fit my style. Right. Yeah. And it's because of the insecurity and the lack of knowing, right? That. It's the insecurity, like, I have to hold on to this style. Like, being extreme American sometimes is like... Yeah, but you know you know how in school they always want you to do study abroad and stuff like that? It's actually to give you a different perspective. perspective. It really broadens your mind. So I actually, you know, I know you're, like, Summer is at a point where she really wants to leave Taiwan. But you're going to go <laughs> back and you're going to totally miss Taiwan because Taiwan is just like that. Mm-hmm. It will grow on you and mm-hmm. you want to come back. Yes. <laughs> you want to come bomb. back for more. No, it's yeah. the stinky tofu. I tell yeah. you. You're going to be really missing miss that the boba. stinky tofu. Yeah. well this has been a a very enlightening talk i really enjoyed uh learning about Mm -hmm. the different contexts and really to be able to appreciate the context Mm -hmm. so everyone else can if you want to know more can go onto your website which is janewwang.com and thank you very much jane Thank you all. Thank you, Jane. All right. So uh, uh, let's stay tuned for the next episode of Between Here and There. Until next time. Hey, everyone. It's Summer. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I've returned to the U.S. now, and I wanted to report that Charlotte was right. I do miss Taiwan a lot. When we recorded this episode a month and a half ago, I was so ready to leave Taiwan. But... My last few weeks there were some of my most memorable. I've been reflecting on my cross-cultural identity recently, and I'm proud to say that I am more understanding of different communication styles now. But it's still a work in progress. If you too are struggling with conflicting cultural values, know that it does take time. Please feel free to reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram to talk more. See you next time. Bye.